Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of You Want to Split That, the podcast that has interesting people and fast food. My name is Bailey Angle, and look, I promise this is going to be our final chicken episode for a while, but I promise it's a good one as well. So today, we have a very special guest. He is someone I've known since 2015 when he was named to be the voice of the Hokies. Before that, he was the voice of the Richmond Flying Squirrels and had stops all around minor league. League baseball as well and he is a mentor of mine mr john laser and today we are eating the newest addition to the chicken sandwich wars coming from zaxby's there was a big super bowl commercial about it it is the zaxby's signature sandwich trying to compete with the likes of chick-fil-a and popeyes just seven dollars and 88 cents and as we talk about coming up in this episode, they are ready to make sure that you get it as soon as you get into the drive-thru. So here it is, my conversation with John Laser, the voice of the Hokies, over a Zaxby's signature chicken sandwich. So I wasn't kidding when I texted you yesterday, actually, that uh, this is all going to be about the military industrial complex. So I hope you, <laughs> did, I hope you did your research on Eisenhower's uh, closing speech. Uh, yeah, I did right after I uh, finished some bourbon. So my <laughs> recollections on the topic might not be what you're looking for. <laughs> uh, so where is Zaxby's on your kind of fast food chicken hierarchy? I love Zaxby's, but I never get it because like you go in and like that's a business that posting the calorie counts of the meals did not do them a good service. So, like because I used to, I used to host a coach's show at Charleston Southern at Zaxby's, so I'd eat it every week, and I loved it. Um, and then I'd fill up my Diet Coke with the crushed ice for the ride back to Myrtle Beach every week. Uh, and honestly, since then, I think Mike and I got it on the road one time because the line at Chick-fil-A was too long. Uh, but you've got to go in knowing you're making that sacrifice to your health. But in terms of how it tastes, it's amazing. Yeah, I think it's pretty hilarious how they throw those salads up there. And I was like, I think that the calories are <laughs> pretty comparable to, yeah. Yeah, to oh, everything yeah. else. Well, I've had my food for a while. I know we were talking about this uh, brand new signature sandwich. I got the spicy one. You got the regular one. Um, looks pretty good to me. Um, and uh, if you're ready, I'm ready to go and take a bite. All right. The girl at the drive-thru was very happy when she does <laughs> There's 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 peddling this, so they're like, "Would you like to try our signature sandwich combo?" And I'm like, "In fact, I would. Thank you. Rig it up." <laughs> First bite, the sandwich, a pretty big ass sandwich, actually. Yeah, that's a fat sandwich. <laughs> For real. Did you uh did you try the Popeyes one when it came out? I did. Yeah. What'd you think of it? I I, I like Popeyes too. Like I'm not like the chicken sandwich debate. Like, I don't really care who the winner is. Like I just diversify and enjoy them all. Like I love Chick-fil-A. I love Popeye's. Wendy's, no. Why not Wendy's? I like Wendy's, but not for chicken sandwiches. Fair enough. Uh, so you're just like, I hope everybody has fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, like maybe this week I'll get Zaxby's. Next week I'll get Popeye's. There's a quick little shout out I want to make because I know he listens. Uh, Daniel Gibbons, a mutual friend of ours, the ACC Network producer. He's like, man, you're eating chicken again. But I think we're at this really good time in fast food chicken where that's like where most of the creative power is going to. Um, so, so far, I think you could have handled the spicy, by the way. Not that spicy. 
just kind of like my wife Renee got the spicy. She doesn't want to be on camera, but she's right here <laughs> crushing it to my left. That's good. Thoughts on the spicy, baby? It's gonna be right, not spicy. I wouldn't say spicy. Yeah, it's not hot. She says no. It's just kind of like a like a pleasant like buffalo sauce. A lot of fast food growing up. Uh, yes, I was one of those kids. Get- like my brother and me were completely different. Where like he was a chubby kid. And like, I could eat anything I wanted and it didn't matter, but I was really like picky. I don't know why, like food scared me. So I'd go to McDonald's and like, I'd get a hamburger, but no bun. I have no idea why the bun, the bun scared me. (laughs) (laughs) Then my younger brother picked up on that. And so like he would, we would go to Taco Bell and my dad would drive nuts. He'd have to, he'd order taco shells with just cheese (laughs) (laughs) of the meat. (laughs) But yeah, man, we we ate, like, there was a McDonald's, like, right on the corner. I remember we moved to Minnesota when I was nine. And the biggest draw, I didn't give a damn about the house or the school. <laughs> there was a McDonald's walking distance. So we thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it's funny that you said that, like, your brother is chubby and then you could eat whatever you want. I When I met you, I was like, oh, here's a pretty lanky guy. Doesn't, like, really dive into the press box food as much. But, I mean, is that fair to say that you usually eat pretty healthy? No. No. <laughs> no not at all um i try like i go in spurts renee will get so mad because I'll, I'll have like a great day at the gym and i'm like all right we're tossing out all the chips and all that stuff and i go to the grocery store and get like granola and all that and it just sits there <laughs> after the no i can still like i can eat like not like, like i don't eat a lot of fast food anymore honestly but like um yeah, I mean, we eat a lot of red meat. We eat a lot of pretty much what we want. But, uh, you know, like you, uh, I make fun of myself on social media a lot. Like, hey, I don't post the good stuff. I just post the bad stuff. So I think people are like stunned when they see me that I'm not like 100 pounds overweight uh, because I offset it. I, you know, I, I work out pretty much every day. Yeah, I was about to ask. And that's another thing. I met you back in 2015. I was a junior. Um, you had just replaced Bill. Um, and I think that right after that, it was in the preparation for your wedding. So shout out Renee. I don't know if that was what inspired you, but you got like, you got pretty fit. I don't know if you were really as fit when you got there, but then you started working out with the trainer, right? Well, what happened was like, I was pretty good shape when I got here. Like I had gotten into it my last year with the squirrels, but it was more like running and we did P90X once, but we didn't really know what the hell we were doing. Uh, <laughs> the players would make fun of me. Like you're the only one that did P90X all the way through and looked exactly the same at the end. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm playing for the tie. Uh, but then when I got here, like things were so stressful and busy the first couple of years, I just really got out of it. Like I would jog when it was nice, but that was about it. Um, so I got to the point where I, you know, I look like that skinny fat guy. Um, and that's what Buzz Williams used to call me <laughs> skinny fat. He that's so nice me. of him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was always trying to motivate, you know, that was, that was his way of doing it. And then, uh, David Jackson, who's the strength coach and played here, of course, basketball in the nineties, uh, like he poked me in the stomach, like two months before my wedding. He's like, we're not getting married like this. He's like, come to my office tomorrow. Uh, and it was the, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Honestly, uh, started working out in the morning with, uh, I wasn't necessarily with them, but like Bruce Garns and Jax and, uh, Buzz kind of had their three, three person workout group in the morning. And that was, that was kind of the inner, inner circle of the basketball program. And, uh, 
so I would, I'd be off to my side and he'd give me the lifts and, uh, but yeah, I started a awesome friendship with me and him, with me and David. And also like buzz, like never respected me more than when I started working out. Um, and then, you know how it is. Cause you'd work out a ton too. Uh, it's addicting. And so I just kept that up. Um, you know, Jack's left with buzz for Texas A&M, but now he's back. Um, so now we've got like everybody over there in it. Like our workout group's too big. It's not COVID compliant. Um, so we had to break it in half. <laughs> and then lately with the pause, uh, the building over there is on pretty big lockdown. So I've moved up to the big leagues. I'm over with, uh, over with Fu and Hilgert in the football building. <laughs> and wow. That's intimidating to say the least. Yeah, well, congratulations to on getting the call up to the big leagues to work out with those guys. They didn't want me to come over. I just pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm offsetting some of that today for you uh, joining my eating chicken podcast. Is what this has turned out to be. Um, you mentioned stress, and uh, to be honest, I'm I'm really sick and tired of talking about COVID. We're almost a year into this thing now, but I am genuinely curious. How has this year been for you with all the broadcast adjustments and? schedule adjustments had you've had to make um honestly for football it wasn't that big of a deal um, because we always travel separately anyway um it was like i just kind of back at the beginning like everybody else in not the beginning beginning of the pandemic beginning of the football season like honestly midway through august i didn't think it was going to happen like you know talking to wit and brad worthman and whoever else you know they didn't know <laughs> it was so bizarre because like those people always have the answers, right? Like what's the deal on this press release? What's the deal on this hire? What's, you know, and they always know. And they, there was just, there was so much uncertainty. So, you know, fortunately, because uh, she's sitting here, I'll say nice things. Like I have a, a wife that, you know, we kind of go through those things together. We laugh when uh, we're stressed, um, you know, we have some wine or, or whatever and just kind of take it day by day. Um, but I just remember, I was cataloging all of our football gear and testing it out. And you know how it goes before the beginning of the season, just making sure we were ready if and when we were needed. And I got done right. with all that. And I thought to myself, I'm like, what a colossal waste of time. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Can we swear on this podcast? I don't know. Um, yeah, sure. Go ahead. No, I'm just like, what? I'm like, shit. Like, why did we do all that? Like that sucks, you know? And then, I, and then that was like the first time where I, it hit me. I'm like, we're not going to have football. Like, that's what I love to do, you know, like, uh, and I just got so pissed off <laughs> yeah. that lasted for like two weeks. And then, and then we gear up, right? Like, okay, we're going to play Nope, we're not. NC State can't play. Um, then it's Commonwealth Cup week and I'm sending my taunting tweets at Dave Kane and the things that I do in the rivalry. <laughs> and then it's not, um, and then we're going to play, but I'm talking to Fu and he's like, we have no chance to win plays. Like he said, he's like, cause I knew who was going to be out and who wasn't going to be able to coach. And that was before, uh, we even knew that ham wasn't going to be able to coach. Uh, and he told me Thursday before we played NC state, he's like, honestly, He's like, I've won some big games. Like, you know, we won, we won the Rose Bowl when I was at TCU. He goes, if we win this game, it's going to be the greatest achievement of my coaching career. <laughs> and then they not only win, they come out and they just demolish NC State. Uh, but from a logistical sense, like once we got there and like, you know, there was like Mike Burnup. <laughs> I asked him, I love Mikey. I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, like, you know, travel. A lot of crews aren't traveling. They're going to do it off monitors. Uh, you know, what's your comfort level? You know, he's I'm not going to reveal his age, but he's a little bit older than me. And he said, 
He said, my concern level for COVID is zero. My concern level that the company is no longer going to pay for our bourbon is very high. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you're in. Uh, but Johnny Alga, my spotter, is kind of the same way. He's just like, whatever, let's roll. Um, and, but our engineer, Dave Stipe, was more on the other side where he's got a lot of high-risk people in his family and two small kids. So, you know, he was willing to come up for home games, but we had to pick up engineers on the road. And we wound up making a couple – cool new friends that had been displaced by ESPN radio. Um, so anyway, it, it was just kind of a week to week. Uh, I don't want to call it battle. It's just a challenge. And like, I got to the point where I took a lot of pride in it. Like, you know, I'm just like, not only did we get there, like we called a good game, regardless of whether the Hokies won or not. I don't think our product sounded all that different, honestly. I mean, obviously they don't have the natural uh, soundboard of the fans and the crowd and whatever, but um, you know, I, I, I felt really good about what we were able to do for football. Now, basketball has been completely different because we're used to traveling with them. Um, you know, I'm really good friends with, you know, most of the people on the staff uh, know the players a lot better than you do with football just because there's not nearly as many as them. Um, you know, Jack's, like I said, coming back was a huge thing for me uh, just in terms of going up there every day. And, um, you know, access was restricted to a lot of people. Uh, it hasn't been nearly as fun, <laughs> honestly, yeah. like um, because we're traveling on our own uh, for football. There's seven of us. So that's fine. You kind of got your own little family. But for basketball, it's just me and Mike. And then you go into empty arenas and they don't really even want you there because most crews aren't traveling at all. But we are. Uh, but what saved it is the fact that we're good, <laughs> you know, uh, particularly getting to this time of the year. It's odd. Like it doesn't feel to me like we're on the brink of the ACC tournament or this team has NCAA tournament aspirate. Usually I'm fired up and I'm checking bracketology every day. And right now I'm eating chicken sandwiches with you. <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, I'm part of your ACC tournament lead up. Um, a couple of things I want to unpack in that, but first, where are you on your sandwich right now? I'm about 60% of the way through. Yeah. I took a couple of mean bites and I was like, I got to slow down. Cause it, the chicken itself is humongous. We rate it at the end, so don't give everything. Mine's like, look at this. Mine's like a double-decker chicken. Like, it's one chicken, but, like, it got folded over. Yeah. Into, I, like, double-decker deliciousness. And I'm really noticing how much I like the pickles on the sandwich. I think that's something that's really good. Do you, uh, do you enjoy yours right now? You know what's interesting? Going back to what I was saying about, like, how I was scared of foods. I don't know, like... When I was younger, I was scared of combining anything. And I'm yeah. a huge texture eater. So, like, I love pickles, but I don't like putting pickles on sandwich. However, with this sandwich, they do work. It took me, like, it took me a long, I'd always order Chick-fil-A without pickles. And I was like, why am I doing that? Like, I like pickles. <laughs> so one day, I didn't. And it was like this eye-opening experience. Uh, you just added flavor to it. Yeah, everything about this sandwich is working for me, honestly. I might use a thicker bun. Like, it's already pretty thick to begin with, though. I mean, it's like a brioche. I mean, it's kind of just matted down. Yeah. Oh, it's already flopping off for you. <laughs> okay, yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> um, Speaking of which, by the way, when I was driving up to Zaxby's in Blacksburg to get this, it was 1.30. Like, it's not peak lunchtime. The line at McDonald's is out of the McDonald's parking lot. And onto the road behind uh, behind the building there, I had to like weave around, and then Zaxby's is completely empty. I don't understand that. 
It makes no sense. I went there about 15 minutes before thinking like, all right, I have like a 20 minute drive back to uh, my girlfriend Heidi's house, for those of you listening. Um, and I was thinking like, all right, this line's going to be long and there's going to be a lot of people waiting for this sandwich. I was in and out of there in like five minutes. So shout out yeah. Zach in Flagsburg. You mentioned Mikey saying something about broadcasting off of a monitor. I am so curious about that because I, I think I've just lined up an opportunity to do something like that here in the next couple of days. What was that like? Because I know that was it the first time you guys did it off of a monitor was the Wake Forest game, right? Yeah, it was. Um, what I <laughs> first of all, what I've discovered is there's no level of collaboration between ESPN, the ACC and individual schools. And it has been remarkably frustrating. Like you would think going in, like particularly with the ACC network, like, hey, we realize from a safety standpoint, um, you know, people aren't traveling, we're gonna provide these feeds and they don't. <laughs> and that sucks, quite frankly, uh, speaking for pretty much everybody in the conference. I know there's been a lot of consternation. And the problem with that is, like, first of all, our people are awesome, as you know. Uh, you know, Brian Walls could not have been more helpful, Eric Fry, throughout this process to even make it possible. Like, without them, I don't know where we would be. Uh, but the problem is, like, if you're doing an ACC network game, they've got direct lines to all the places. So they can send you a dirty feed, as we call it. Um, it's kind of a higher shot. You can see the whole field. Um, and it's got the effects included which effects are the sound, you know, it's just basically, um, you know, and the ref mic and all those things. So it sounds like you're there. Well, if they're not doing the game and Raycom's doing the game, um, which they were for Wake Forest, you don't get any of that. So essentially what we did was we paid an engineer to go to the stadium in Winston-Salem, even though we were not, uh, and just send, send us effects back through uh, a separate Comrex, which is what we use to connect. Um, and then we had Brian route the actual TV broadcast to the booth. So I was just like, it was be the same as just sitting in your living room doing it off TV, uh, which I didn't think would be all that problematic. But what I never realized watching football on TV is they don't go to the wide shot very early. So like when I'm calling a game, I always want to set up, you know, two receivers, right, one left, tight end to the right you know, defense, too high safety, whatever the case may be, you can't do that. So it was just a lot of like, and here's the snap. And I don't think like people noticed, honestly, all that much, but like I did, and it drove me insane. Uh, basketball, on the other hand, off a monitor, I hate saying this because I want to go back to traveling and go back to normal. Basketball off a monitor, as long as you have a sound effects feed is easy. I guess, because, you know, you can see the whole court, you're not really missing anything. Um, so we've done two that way for, for basketball. That was no problem, honestly. I know that obviously people that know you and I'll just do a quick introduction here. The fact that you were kind of like the minor league baseball journeyman broadcaster. And I think there's something to talk about in there is the fact that you're probably used to calling games, particularly, I hope Adam Pohl is listening, uh, in Bowie, Maryland <laughs> without fans. <laughs> and not to pick on Bowie, but I'm sure a lot of other places as well. But did it throw you off when there were no fans at that first football game and obviously doing these basketball games in pretty silent arenas too. Yeah. It's, it's particularly like off putting before the game. Like that's the part I love, right? Like, you know, I, as you know, I live pretty close to the stadium and sometimes on, on nice days, like I'll walk up there and just walk through the tailgaters and, you know, high five people and just kind of take part in it. 
uh, you know, people offer me food <laughs> and uh, never like never Zaxby's, but, um, <laughs> and I just love it. Like it feels like a big deal, right? Cause it is a big deal. Um, and it just gets you amped up maybe sometimes even too amped up um, by the time you even get to the booth. Um, in my case, I usually get there like four or five hours before the game. We've just got, you know, a lot of stuff going on. And uh, you know, this year driving up there, for one, I got a text on the way that uh, Justin Hamilton wasn't going to be the defensive coordinator <laughs> that night. And I'm just like, what in the hell are we doing? Um, but then I drive up there and like, um, I can park right in front of the stadium. There's nobody there. <laughs> I had to use my key uh, to get in. Um, you know, there's no security guards or anything. Um, it was just bizarre. And then, you know, get up to the booth and like, feels kind of normal while you're saying hi to your crew and, and getting everything set up and whatever. And then, once the team came out uh, to enter Sandman and like, they didn't know what to do. Right. And I talked to Foo about it. I'm like, what are you going to do? Like, you don't have to go all the way through. Cause there's no like corridor. Uh, there's no cadets. Um, and I'm like, I think like you should just peel off to the right and get the hell out of the way. <laughs> that's the thing I wish people knew about Foo is like just one day how funny he is. He's like, that's a good idea. I'm just going to try my, my ass over to the right. So I saw him do that. Uh, so anyway, and you know, it's hard. Like I always, like that moment I kind of use as the crescendo, you know, you've listened to the broadcast um you know let's ride together um and here we go and it's just kind of at a fever pitch and you know and we just didn't have that but then once we got like into the game it was fine like you know you just get back to the cadence of it and just kind of formulaically setting up plays um definitely not as high energy i don't think um but you know like cleo herbert ripped off a big run on the very first play of the game and i was like all right here we go like you know i remember that. and it's like every year where the first one you're rusty and you're trying to remember what verbiage you use and the pace of the game and all that stuff and then uh duke felt uh, duke felt okay the rest of the season honestly it's just kind of a blur uh and, until virginia and then it was just like i was so i hate them so much that like I didn't need all of them. yeah, <laughs> and that wasn't something that I had before I got here. Like I just hate them, I, and there's no there's no reason for it. I just do. Like I, I was so pissed off um, back in the summer when we had our COVID issues and their assistant coaches were popping off, and it's like it's all I could do to be professional and not fire back, particularly when then they had their own. Um, so I, yeah, I was I was revved up for that one, and that one that one felt pretty damn good. Yeah, I think you've really bought into the whole, and you really haven't had a choice. Um, I it guess. Made it <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking. I, and, you know, <laughs> going back to meeting you for the first time, I think we were at Frank Cinnable as as we were all of the time up until pretty much uh, the the pandemic. Any anyway, whatever it's called now. Uh, I I asked you. I think it was like one of the first things I asked you. I was like, "Do you did you watch a lot of tech football?" And you're like, I said something along the lines of. Not particularly. <laughs> and I was just like, I all. really, yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciated how honest you were because anybody, anybody else could have been like, oh yeah, the Corey Moore and Michael Vick days and just reading off the bullet points. But you're like, nah, nah I just got here. This is my job now. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I mean, like, well, one, you have one of those faces where it's easy to be honest to, like <laughs> I took a liking, right. took a liking to you very quickly. Um, but no, it was true. I, I guess I told you like, I wasn't a college football guy because I, you know, I grew up, my dad went to uh, grad school at Iowa. So we watched a little bit of Iowa, uh, but we lived in Minneapolis and the Gophers were awful. 
Uh, you know, a couple <laughs> of my friends were kind of Gophers fans, but I never really got into it. And there was no reason to, because they were just, you know, a big 10 doormat at the time. So I just kind of, you know, I was an NFL guy. I was a huge Vikings fan. Like I watched football every Sunday. I just didn't do it. Like I hadn't spent much time in the South or anywhere, you know, or Columbus or places in the North where it mattered. It just wasn't a big deal. Like college football wasn't a big deal. So when I moved to Virginia, I had no, you know, allegiance to UVA or Virginia Tech. Like when I lived in Richmond, I had a ton of friends that, that were who's and, um, you know, accused me of going to the dark side when I took this job and all that. I, I think the funniest thing was like my naivety with football is I took the Montgomery job. I was driving over there, the Montgomery Biscuits job, which I had in, before I came to Richmond. And it's kind of in between Auburn and Alabama. And, uh, and the beat writer called me, you know, kind of like an introductory piece. And he's like, so which one is it, Auburn or Alabama? And I go, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like whichever one, whichever one's going to make me more likable. And the guy's like, no, no, no. Like you have to take a side. And I was like, well, Auburn, I guess. Like, Ooh. I just got killed. Like the article came out and like people would come up to me at the bar. They were furious. And like, so then I, I left there and I wanted, like, like after the season I left and I remember telling uh, people, I'm like, I hope that neither of those programs ever has success again. Like I can't stand that. <laughs> both of them and they combined they won the next four national championships <laughs> tech like you know michael vick man like that's what it was thursday night football it was like the only time i'd ever seen it like i knew frank beamer um and all those things honestly i remember like it's so funny because you know bud foster and i are good friends now like we hang out a lot uh our wives really enjoy each other uh i remember calling one of my donor friends who got me kind of in the mix here and I was like, uh, Bud Foster, the fans like him, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the first time I met Bud, he's like, hey, you're going to have to learn the history. Um, and, you know, he was absolutely right. And it's funny to, to look back on now, like something that you didn't know anything. It's like a person in your life, right? Like one day you don't even know a woman exists. And uh, a few years later, she's your wife, right? Like, that was kind of how it was where it's like, like that means everything to me now. Um, and it's interesting, like as recently as 2014, like it didn't at all. I remember I'd fill in for Wes McElroy on a radio show in Richmond. My producer would be like, Hey, big day yesterday or the Hokies are playing UVA. And I was like, I don't care. I don't want to talk about that. Like <laughs> national topics. So it's kind of interesting where you, where you are in your bubble, I guess. What do you think of Zaxby's fries? Uh, I'll be honest, they're underwhelming. I think yeah. it's one of those things where they don't travel well. No. Because, like, I don't want to disparage Zaxby's because I've had their fries hundreds of times, like, at the restaurant, and they're very good. Like, they're, you know, the crinkle, you can see crinkle. I, like, I yeah. love the crinkle. But they got kind of soft on the drive to my house. We should have done, should have just sat in the restaurant and done this. I know. I was, I was thinking, like, one of these days I'm going to have to do this podcast in person and not over Zoom. Uh, I think that the seasoning on their fries is really good. Oh, I mean, I just sat there on my computer Zooming with you. It's <laughs> 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 had that hell of an echo. Um, you were, going back to what you said about that chicken, though, it is pretty much, like, amorphous. Like, they just kind of snowballed this gigantic piece together because I got, like, two... I like two bites left and it's uh, oddly shaped kind of different than the Chick-fil-A ones. You really could have done the spicy though. I really think that you would have been all right. Yeah, it'll be a regret. It's interesting. The podcast is a good way to like 
pace you're eating. Yeah. Cause honestly, like if I had just brought this home, it's two nineteen now, I would have been done with this like 22 minutes ago. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why I always pick, I try to pick like bigger things. Like sometimes when you get like these small combos, it's like, this is going to be awful by the time I'm done talking with this person. Um, but luckily <laughs> this is kind of held up. At least the sandwich has, um, you hinted at going to Montgomery, you've been to Richmond, Altoona. Um, and when I was in Erie, people had stories about you always good for the, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but do you ever miss kind of being or miss any aspect of that minor league kind of traveling around the country, um, part of your life? Yeah, I do. Because it was basically my youth, right? Like my young adulthood. Um, I've always been someone that like, I get bored so easily. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, most of my friends like grew up where we grew up, they went to college and kind of stayed in that same general area, uh, got married and that's great. You know, highly successful in a lot of different industries. Like I just never looked at life that way. Like I just, I really wanted to <clears throat> go different places. I wanted to experience different things. I still do. Like I'm still, I'm 41 now and like I haven't traveled internationally nearly as much as like I want to. Um, yeah, I just want to see everything. Like, uh, and baseball was such a great way to do that. Not necessarily in the towns that you were going, but the people that you got to meet. Like, every year is like, here's a new batch of 30 very interesting and very talented people, right? That you never would have met. You know, some of them are from the Dominican, some of them are Venezuelan, some of them are Mexican, some of them are black, some of them, most of them are white, but they're all, you know, they're from California. There's the South, you know, the drawling folks. Like, and I just, I love that aspect. I loved kind of growing up as a person, like, you know, uh, alongside those guys. Like people always say like, I want to work in sports. I never wanted to work in sports. Um, like I don't, like, I, I don't want to like have an office in Merriman and just do like the administrative side, like kudos to those that do. We've got some remarkably talented people. I want to be involved in sports right? Like I want to be at practice. I want to talk to coaches. I want to talk to players. Cause I just, I find them so fascinating. Like, um, and I relate to them. So I miss that. I miss that level of, you know, obviously here it's, it's college students, right? Like we're not, we're not going out to dinner with them. We're not, you know, uh, <clears throat> well, we do, I guess sometimes we're on the road, but, um, as a group, like with baseball, as you know, you know, you're just on a bus. Like these are your friends. Like, hey, game's over. We got beat. Whatever. Let's go get a beer. Like <laughs> we got another game tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I, I miss that. I do miss some of the anonymity of it. Um, you know, we could be stupid. We could be 24. We could, you know, um, you know, we could explore what, what the cities that we were going to had to offer, for lack of a better term. Uh, <laughs> but I also just miss. I miss that time before social media. I know I sound grumpy and old and all that crap, but like, it was just so much better, man. Like, you know, like it took me a long time um, to earn a microphone, as I say, like, you know, not that I had any political views or anything I wanted to espouse, but to even have an opinion on the St. Cloud River Bats or the St. Paul Saints, um, you know, I had to earn that. And, uh, you know, now it's great because we get different points of view, but unfortunately people, uh, you know, that, that don't earn it. Don't they take it for granted. Right. Like I can say whatever the hell I want. Cause no one's going to take this away. Uh, so I really miss that. Like, honestly, I missed 2003. I missed 2003 till about 2010, which is when I think I signed on to Twitter. Uh, you know, so yeah, to your question. Now I'm sad. Thanks. Billy. 
<laughs> I was, okay. so, sorry about that. I, I was like, there was like a, a gleam in your eye of uh, those long bus rides in the Northwoods League. I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, man, some I'm of it you don't miss at all. Like how my body would feel in August, just <laughs> broken down. And, you know. Or do you miss the uh, the tiny press box at wherever the Binghamton Rumble Ponies or whatever they were called, Binghamton Mets when you were there? Do you miss those those conditions? I, for people that are, you know, like you have a dream job, it's not even work. And I was like, I'm going to take you to Binghamton, New York. <laughs> And I'm going to take you to the ballpark for game 100 on day 104. You have no broadcast partner. Going to add a little hangover to the mix for you. And I'm going to put you in a 114 degree booth. And you get to talk about your feelings for four hours straight. You tell By me yourself. if it feels like work or not. <laughs> Uh, now I've kind of known you a little bit longer. You've kind of turned into a, a little bit more of a positive guy. What has really been behind that for you? You even told me uh, once, cause you were like, I used to be grumpy, man. And I'm like, no, nah, you don't seem like it now. Uh, <laughs> what changed was not being in minor league baseball anymore. Uh, <laughs> not, being, not being perpetually tired, um, which is what that was. You know, again, like all joking aside, like minor league baseball, man, it's a grind. Like, especially when you work for who I work for, uh, Todd Thorny Barnell is a great friend, but uh, you know, he's a work hard, play hard guy. Right. So that meant be at the ballpark at eight, even in the morning, even though the game wasn't until seven. Right. And then after uh, part of your job is hanging out, uh, you know, talking about the day with the scouts. I mean, I'd literally be at the ballpark from 8 a.m. to 1 a.m., 2 a.m. <clears throat> and then just repeat um, for hundreds of days at a time. Um, and then your your break from that was, you know, eight hour bus ride to Erie um, in a hotel room. And it ain't exactly the Ritz, um, you know, where we're staying in minor league baseball. So, yeah, I think over time, and I noticed this about it, and I was honest with people that were my friends, was like it had really, like it had lost its flow. Like when I talk about 2003 to like 2010, it was awesome. Like everything about it was <clears throat> new and uh, <clears throat> new people, new places, new levels. Uh, I was moving up, felt like I was getting working towards the big leagues. Uh, and I think when the bloom was off that rose and I had, you know, done, I got in the thirties uh, and didn't see a clear path to the, to the major leagues. I, I was so fed up with people telling me like, you're so great. Like I listened to you and I'm just like, well, what the fuck good does that do me? Right. You know, like, thank you. But like, do you have anybody that can help me like get out of here? Like, you know what I mean? You don't want to be in minor league baseball for 13 years. And I was um, so, you know, but then on the, on the backside of that, like I found out that I got this job when I was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania with the team. Uh, we were on a road trip and we, it just turned into like, nobody was supposed to know, but of course I got a big mouth. So uh, it just turned into this massive like team party, like celebration impromptu after this day game. And it's just like, you know, it was all worth it. So um, yeah, I, again, I think I was just tired <laughs> of where I was, uh, what I was doing. Calling baseball was not fun really anymore because it was just rinse and repeat. Um, so anyway. I think that's a great way of putting it, though. I mean, you've already noted a whole bunch of changes you've made and like you bought into Virginia Tech. You've had a guy poke you in the stomach and then you got fit because of that, which, by the way, that's mad. Rude, <laughs> so I'm really glad that you took that well. Um, well We're friends already. To finish up with that, though, like what I love about here is not just being around 
young people, like they keep you kind of happy. You know how that is. Cause you, you know, you work with Hokie vision and ACC network and everything. Um, <clears throat> but everyone here is not just Virginia tech. They're high achievers, right? Like I look at Asia Shepard, like she's a hell of a basketball player, but she's just an awesome person. Like, you know, I can just tell she gets up in the morning and just works. I don't mean to single her out, but like, you know, that's how men's basketball is. That's how football is. Like if I miss a workout, I feel guilty about it because those guys and gals don't <laughs> like, uh, baseball <laughs> to put it kindly, wasn't necessarily filled with those type of people all the time. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Cause you got the guys on the back end of being in double a, uh, and you're just like, well, you're not going to make the big leagues. And I have a feeling I'm not either. So we're not really happy to be here. <laughs> Let's go to Applebee's. <laughs> um, I'm finished up with my meal, but before we get to rate it, uh, we got roast them or toast them on this uh, portion of the podcast where roasting means you don't like something like I'm roasting your outfit and then toast them is like holding your champagne glass up to it. Okay. All right. So John Laser, voice of the Hokies with roast them or toast them. This is a Midwestern thing, I think. Uh, roast them or toast them with Culver's. Oh, roast no, toast them. Sorry. Like you it. explained to me the rules, and I still messed it up. Uh, <laughs> toast them. I love me some butter burgers. They have crinkle fries. Speaking of, uh, it was yeah. a big day. It was a big day in the Laser household when they they built one like a block or two away from my parents' house. <laughs> Even bigger than the McDonald's. So, oh yeah, we're awesome. over McDonald's by that point. <laughs> All right, so I know you were from Chicago originally. Roast them or toast them with Chicago-style hot dogs? Oh, toast them, yeah. You know, they got their own name for a reason. I, I do love hot dogs. After all my years at ballparks, I never got sick of hot dogs. But I will say, like, bad hot dogs are terrible. Chicago-style hot dogs are not terrible. Roast them <laughs> or toast them with, from your days in the Flying Squirrels, Kitchen 64. Well, I think that's uh, basically where I met my wife. So uh, toast them. Yeah, uh, that was Todd Party Parnell's spot, man. Uh, we used to go out. Their food is amazing. Their portions are too big, though, if you're trying to eat well, like when you get those steak fries. Yeah, no, I love Kitchen 64. I actually know the owners pretty well. They're uh, awesome people. Roast them or toast them with PBR. Oh, God. Depends on where you catch me in the middle of the day or night. Uh, <laughs> my wife's been known to just randomly order a PBR. Like if I was just sitting here right now and I was like, you know, I'm going to have a beer and I open a PBR, I'd be like, this is terrible. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a roast them. Okay. Uh, since it's the uh, afternoon. Gotcha. All right. Well, last thing we do here, ladies, you've been awesome. Thank you for your time. Uh, I want to rate this meal, the signature sandwich from Zaxby's. He got the regular Zach sauce. I got the spicy one. Ladies, you go ahead. One to 10. Well, since we got the whole combo, I think I'll go with a seven. The fries were a little bit disappointing. And also I'm disappointed that they're a Pepsi chain now because they have the awesome crushed ice. I used to love that um, with Diet Coke. Diet Pepsi is not the same. So each of those things deducts them a point. Uh, but the sandwich itself was outstanding. I'll go one more point deduction for the, for the lack of a thicker bun. The chicken part was exceptional. So I'll go seven. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to have to give it probably around a six, kind of for those same reasons. The fries don't travel well. Um, this I got a sweet tea, which was really good. Um, I think I that I have to give myself well. a pass here on like <laughs> the chicken because I think chicken's my favorite food anyway. So I don't want to just give them credit for being chicken. Um, but it's a pretty good entry into the chicken uh, sandwich fast food war. And uh, I don't know if it's as good as the Popeye's one because it's not as uh, crunchy. 
Um, but I think it might be better than Chick-fil-A just for how big it is. So I'm going to go six. Um, Laser, thank you so much. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Um, you're, it's always fun to hear your path and like, you're a funny guy too. So hopefully people enjoy and <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> yeah, man. I enjoyed it. I love the concept. It's awesome. Keep doing All right. Keep doing awesome stuff. Have a good, uh, have a good call on Saturday. Thanks, man. <laughs>